One of my favorite authors is Cormac McCarthy. He wrote The Road and Out Stealing Horses, No Country for Old Men. All pretty gloomy novels, and they're usually about death. And one time a uh, reporter asked him, why is it that you focus so much on death in all of your stories? He just responded, what else is worth writing about? In the end, that's what everything goes towards, right? No matter what happens in life, the one thing that's undeniable is that we will all die in the end. Now, something, uh, another phenomenon that's always surprised, but I didn't really understand it until I was a priest, was that no one, the, the highest number of people that come to Mass throughout the year is always on Ash Wednesday. It's not even a day, a holy day of obligation, and yet every Mass is filled up, and priests will talk about this wherever they're at. That's always the day that so many people are coming in. Why is that? Why are so many people drawn to come to church on Ash Wednesday? And I think it is this existential, subconscious awareness that we are all going to die. And Ash Wednesday's principal focus is on the mortality of life. Remember, man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So this isn't actually the beginning of Lent today, what we start. Lent begins on Sunday. Ash Wednesday is a day where we meditate on our mortality before Lent begins. And we do it with one question in mind. Am I ready at this point in my life, where I am, to stand before God when I die? If I knew that I only had 40 days left to live, how would I change my life to get it in line? There's one priest I, I often go back to, especially around this time. His name was Father Stephen Shire, and he had a near-death experience back in the 90s. And he was a priest for 12 years. You can see the interview with uh, Mother Angelica on EWTN. And he said he, he described himself as a party boat priest. You know, he, his whole goal was to make sure everyone was happy and having a good time and just feeling the, the power of the Spirit, as he would say. And he said there, he knew so many times that he wasn't living his priesthood as he was supposed to. But he always rationalized it in his mind. But one time when he was walking away or driving back from covering in a parish, he got in a car accident, flew through the windshield, and he was reported dead by the time they got to the hospital. He had a lot of people praying for him. Well, he had a near-death experience where he actually died but came back. And in his judgment that he came back to, you have to actually watch the story. You can see it on YouTube if you look it up on Father Stephen Shire on YouTube. He, he explains how he had this moment where he was standing before Christ. And he said, at that moment when you're standing before God, before truth itself, the one thing that you cannot do is rationalize your life. He said, so often in my life, I rationalized the bad choices I was making and I, I convinced myself that it was okay. But when you're standing before truth, you're totally naked and vulnerable. There's no more excuses. And he said when he came back, when he got a second chance to live again, he ended up leaving the diocesan priesthood and becoming a religious priest. Spends all his time now in prayer and reparation for the church. But he said, I came back with the realization that I'm no longer going to rationalize the poor choices I made because I got one more chance at life. And 
the only thing that saved him after he had been condemned to hell by Christ was the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary because so many people were praying for him at that time. So I really want to honor that today on why are so many people drawn to Ash Wednesday? Whether we recognize it or not, I think it's because we all know that our mortality is one thing that we can never deny. And it's a time for us to ask ourselves, if I were to die in 40 days, what would I do to change my life? To get it in line with myself, with others, and with God. You know, each year we all have different things that we can offer up for Lent. But what I've been thinking a lot about is, it seems to be two conflicting ideas in our world really coming to head. And they're both, one's getting much stronger, and that's the ideology of Marxism. And Marxism, in its essence, is the problems in my life are the fault of other people. And therefore, if I really want to change myself, if I want my life to be better, I have to change the world around us. Marxism and Christianity, they both recognize the same problem, that human beings are insufficient, that there's something wrong with life. It's the same problem, but their answer is totally different. Marxism says, create, take away individual responsibility, take away individual freedom, and create a perfect system. Relinquish your rights. Christianity has the complete opposite. Transform yourself. Take responsibility for what is in your control in your own life. And offer yourself as a sacrifice for others. You see, Cain was the first, in a sense, Marxist in the history of mankind. When he looked at the insufficiency of his own life, and what did he do? He blamed his brother. Why does everything work well with Abel, and yet I'm here and my sacrifices mean nothing? And that envy led to a violent death of his brother. The opposite is our Christian faith. And the essence of Christianity is what we see in Jesus Christ, the author and founder of our faith, which is the one who offered himself, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ became the sacrifice to save the others by taking the sins of the guilty upon himself, as St. Paul himself says, who for our sake was made to be sin, who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And those who follow Jesus Christ, those who truly are serious about living the Christian faith, that's the attitude we are called to assimilate in our own lives. You know, the times back in the early 20th century, they, they wrote a, a piece to all great writers with the one question. They wanted to get the opinions to come into the newspaper on what is wrong with the world today? And the shortest response they got was from one gentleman who wrote, Dear Sir, the problem with the world today is me. Signed, G.K. Chesterton. That's the idea of a Christian. Instead of pointing our fingers at all the problems of other people, and taking all of our insufficiencies and pointing it on the state, pointing it on the government, pointing it on the media, 
pointing it on Rome or the church at large, pointing it on our family members, pointing it on my parents, pointing it on my past. I take full responsibility for my life. And the secret is, you see, the thing was envy. Envy leads to death because it, it, it shrinks us of all possibility, of all hope. That's why it's so depressing. But the more that we see that our life is in our hands, that the ability to change, to grow, is within my own power, that's where gratitude is born. That's where true joy can come from. Because now at least whatever's wrong in my life, I have the power to change. I have the power to make better. So I'd like to offer those two resolutions for us today, for this Lent this year. In a time when so much of us are, we're fighting with depression, we're fighting with anxiety and fear and resentment against the things that are happening in the media, the things that are happening in our country, the things that are happening in the politics and in the church. Rather than looking outside and pointing our fingers at what is outside of our control, look at how I can take total responsibility for my life in this time. Responsibility and gratitude. Those are the signs of a Christian. Not only do I take responsibility for my own life, but I try to take responsibility for as many other people as I can along the way. And that leads to a spirit of deep gratitude and peace. So with God, there's three, three different places we can look to. And that's our relationship with God, with our relationship with ourselves, and relationship with others. So first with God. If you really want to increase your relationship with God this Lent, which is really the essence of it, it's the most important thing, try to fix your TV by put a bullet in it. All right. As much as you can, and if it's too hard to just shut it off, don't do that. If it's too hard to like totally get off Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and all that, don't do that. Step away. At least limit it. Watch how different your attitude becomes when you start to enter into your own relationship with God. Instead of looking at the world outside of us, spend more time in silence, reading the scripture, praying the rosary, taking at least a couple times during the week to just spend some silent time with our Lord in adoration in the Eucharist. Refound your life with Christ because Jesus Christ is going to be the only one on the other side of death that we're going to meet. It's not going to be anybody else. It's going to be me and Him. That's why the more time we spend with Jesus Christ, especially in the Holy Eucharist, now death loses all its fear. It's something that introduces us to a love that we've known for a long time already. Secondly, with ourselves, take total responsibility for your body, with your health and your exercise. Like use Lent as a time to total to cut out everything that we're eating that is making me unhealthy, and to exercise every day. I promise you, the more that you build up your body you become healthy in your body, it changes the way that we interact with the world. We become more confident, more, we're more at peace with ourselves. So actually take time to look at what are you eating and how much exercise you're getting. You can never separate the body from the soul. So if you want to do something for yourself in this time, that's a good sacrifice. And thirdly, with other people. 
Take responsibility with your relationship with your family. What's really going to preserve Christian society in this coming time is the nucleus of the family. To the degree that you can come together, pray a rosary together, eat meals together on a regular basis, one meal once a day, have outings together, read scripture together, come to daily mass once in a while together. Find a way to build up your family unit in this time. And if there's broken relationships that, that you've been avoiding for a while, this is the time to walk into that. And that's where gratitude is born. The more I take ownership for my life and my choices, irregardless of everything outside of me, the more I'll experience the gratitude that comes from being able to change myself for the better. And that's the medicine for our times. And that's what Lent can offer us. Remember, we are dust, and to dust we shall return. The only question that remains is who I will be on that day when I return to dust and I stand before Jesus Christ, the truth. Let us use this Lenten season to sincerely ponder that question and reorient our lives to Jesus Christ and His glory accordingly.